talking about Jesus Christ. How many of you believe that Jesus was a great prophet? Oh, some of you don't believe that Jesus was a, a, a prophet. Uh, please be careful. Oh. A mighty prophet like Jesus goes to some place to preach. While he is preaching, some people are interpreting him. They are scanning him. Isn't this the carpenter? The son of Mary. Is it not this, this small boy? I mean, I mean, let's be serious. Isn't this guy that the other day he made a, a cupboard for me? Isn't this the carpenter's son? When they are saying that he's a carpenter, are they lying? They are not lying. But they are no more aware of who is standing before them. When they say he's the son of Mary, are they lying? They are not lying. You know that when you say I'm a quarter quarter, you are not lying. No, you are not. It's true. I'm a legit quarter quarter. You are right. You are right. You are not lying. But you are missing the whole point. Some people have checked me out, just like they checked Jesus out. The brother of James, Jose, Judah, and I mean, you understand the precision. They have done their homework. Wikipedia, they've checked him properly. And Aaron, his sisters here with us. So they were offended by him. The ministry of Jesus became an offense based on his background. Sir, based on your background, you cannot be my pastor. I know you. I saw you growing up. There are some people who were in the church the day I arrived in South Africa in 2005. So you can imagine when they see my poster on the streets. Some people, they, think we are, they just think we are some stupid guys. I mean, this guy arrived here a few years ago. Now he's putting a picture on the, on the street. He's looking like he's coming from America. And meanwhile, we know exactly where this guy is coming from. Some people think we have forgotten where, where, that we don't know them again. We know you, my friend. We never come to that church. You think we don't remember? You think we don't remember when you are waiting for the taxi there by the streets? You think we don't remember when you were walking by the street asking for money? Now you are making a poster. You are telling us Allah Babe Church, Allah Babe Church. What, what do you mean Allah Babe Church? Isn't this the son of Mary? We know your background. We understand you. You cannot pastor us. Make room. For your prophet. Sent by God, anointed by God, all people are seeing is a carpenter's son. That's all they say. They know his background. You know, can I tell you something? There are two major things that happen to men of God usually. One of them is sometimes a man of God might have a problem with his marriage. 
like you saw Moses with that woman and all of those things. If you check, you find that many men of God, some of them are divorced. Some have problems in their families. You find some men of God that the children don't come to church. Other men of God, the wife doesn't come to church. Like, there are problems sometimes. We bless God when God has helped us that you know, such, such things are not happening to us. But some, some other man of God, you'll find that there are problems. And the church will be aware of those problems. And when you become aware of those problems, what do you do? He married a cushard wife. He did, he's a divorcee. This pastor. You don't recognize who is your prophet. I pray you shall not miss your prophet in Jesus' name. You shall not allow small, small, small things to steal the main thing from you. These guys, Jesus could, and this is Jesus, he said, so they were offended. Then Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own hometown. Among his relatives and in his household. Brothers and sisters, be careful of familiarity. What do I call it? Familiarity. Familiarity. I know you. I know the house of Pastor Pascal. I have seen Pastor Pascal in his shorts. I mean, some of you are seeing him in suits all the time. Me, I know the man. And you come to the house, one day you see me moving around. And you look at my foot. You see the shoes. I said, this, I didn't know the shoes I saw at Pep. Pep. Pep shoes. I mean, I can swear I was at Pep and I saw these shoes. This man is wearing Pep shoes. And he calls himself my pastor. Pep shoes. Icon. Never. <laughs> Never. Worse. When you find me at Pep. I'm this at, hello, hello, pastor. And I say, hmm, look at him. <laughs> Pep pastor. <laughs> yeah. You are equalizing. You are checking. You are checking my background. And you are looking for reasons why I shouldn't pastor you. Can I tell you something? Many people have missed God through these things that I'm showing you right now. Many people. In fact, every day, people miss God because they look for the wrong things in a person. And I always ask, you who is always looking for wrongs, are you right yourself? You see, the thing is because you are not the one standing on stage and everybody is looking at you. If you were moved from there to stand here now, you will see for yourself. That's why not so everybody can stand here. Make room for your prophet. Are you listening to me? Make room for your prophet. He might be from your same hometown. He might be from your village. Some of you, God is going to raise you up. And you're going to become mighty men of God. And the people sitting next to you right now will begin to be offended. 
Because we used to be in the same church. I mean, what do you mean now? You are, you are saying you are a prophet, you are, you are doing this thing. What do you mean? We are all the children of Pastor Pascal. Don't behave as if you are an abeta. <laughs> Praise the name of Jesus. Amen. That is not my message. My message is make room. Amen? Tell your neighbor, make room, make room, make room. Make room. So I don't want to show you people who didn't make room. I want to show you somebody who made room. Amen. Hallelujah. I just wanted to start by showing you these ones, pet people, uh, spa people, all of those people. But now let's go to the real woman of God. A woman who made room for the prophet. Amen? Can we do it quickly? Then we'll close the service. 2 Kings chapter 4 verse 9. The Bible says, this is the Shunammite woman. Maybe you've heard about her. This Shunammite woman was married to a man. And they were just minding their business daily. Amen? The Bible says, one day, this woman, she said to her husband, listen carefully, and she said to her husband, I know that the one who often passes by here is a holy man of God. I know that. The question I have for you is, who told her? How did she know? Four ways you can know. Number one, divine revelation. Who do people say that I am? You are the Christ, the son of the living God. Flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my father who is in heaven. God can cause you to know. That a person is not what everybody thinks he is. Because Jesus said, who do people say that I am? He said, you are the Christ. Oh, Peter, you are blessed. Flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. You can know by divine revelation. You can know by observation. Nicodemus comes to Jesus in the night. And he says to Jesus, Rabbi, <laughs> we know. That you are remain sent from God. Why? Because no man can do the things you are doing unless God is with him. Meaning we have observed your ministry. We have looked at what is going on in your life. And there is no better way to explain this than to say God is helping you. You can know by divine revelation. You can know by observation. You can know by ministration. Sitting in the ministry of a person. By sitting under the ministry of a person. You can know that this person is from God. The Samaritan woman is talking to Jesus. And as she is talking to Jesus, Jesus starts telling her things nobody knew about. And she says, sir, I perceive you are a prophet. Four, you can know by impartation. The woman with the issue of blood. Everybody was around Jesus. But nobody was getting anything out of Jesus. She touched a certain area. And something came out. And she knew this man must be a man of God. Because when I touch, something happened to me. You know, we can all come to church and nobody gets anything. But one person here leave the church knowing, you know what? That is the church of God. Why? When I enter there, God touched me in a certain way. Impartation. There are many ways to know about something. The question is, how did the Shunammite woman know? She didn't have a pastor. Elijah had never entered her house before. 
He just used to pass. Give me the same verse, Second um, Kings 4, verse 9 only, King James. I want to show you something else there before we close. Second Kings chapter 4, verse 9, King James. And she said unto her husband, Behold, I perceive that this is an holy man of God who passes by us continually. A holy man of God who is always passing you by and you don't realize it. I perceive this man that passes here every day. I perceive he is a holy man of God. I perceive it. Do you know when you have come in contact with your prophet? Do you perceive it? She says it's been passing us by. While on others thou art calling, do not pass me by. He's been passing us by continuously. We didn't know it. We've spent the time looking at his shoes. You know, Elijah was not wearing nice clothes. You've been looking at something else. And a holy man of God has been passing. But thank God for the gift of perception. She says, I perceive this is a man of God. I perceive it. Make room. I perceive. And look at the next line. Let's go back to the SCSB. As I perceive, he's a man of God, holy man of God who often passes here. Now look at the next one. So let's make what? Let's make a small room. Upstairs. And put a bed. A table. A chair. And a lamp for him. <laughs> when these conversations are taking place, Elisha is not even aware. A person has recognized a prophet by perception, and she is readjusting herself based on what she has come across. He said, this man is a holy man of God. Because I know that that is a man of God, I need to make room for him. He said, let's make a small room upstairs. We call it an upper room. Let's put a chair, a bed, a table, a lamp. I don't have time to take you through each one of them. Each one of them is a revelation. Now, Listen to the next line. Whenever he comes, he can do what? Stay. stay. He can stay. What is this woman doing? She has discovered who her prophet is and she doesn't want her prophet to go anywhere. She is establishing a relationship a continuous 
relationship with a prophet. Are you listening to me? Listen carefully. Listen carefully. This is deep, but you will understand it. She is establishing an environment so that the prophet will stay. So she wants Elisha to become a staying prophet for her. There are two types of prophets, brothers and sisters. There are staying prophets and there are visiting prophets. A visiting prophet is a person who comes in and out. He comes and helps you for something, then he goes. A staying prophet is a person that you are with continuously. Now, this is the calamity that I've seen in the church. Not this church per se, but in the church in general. You will find out that a visiting prophet is given a room bigger, better, richer than the prophet that is in the house every day with the people. That's the truth. The moment people hear T.D. Jakes is coming, I'm just using him as an example. Ooh, the same people who were telling you, ah, Chelete, okay, there's no Chelete. You will be surprised, the room. You will be surprised what we can do when we, when we make room. Many people make room for a visiting prophet and they don't make room for the staying prophet. So when somebody is visiting, they can do a lot of things for the person. But the person who is with you every day, you become familiar. Are you listening to me? A staying prophet. A staying prophet. Make room for your prophet. Long and short, this woman, the next time Elisha was passing, eh, excuse me, sir. I know, I know you don't know me, and you know, but I've been observing you passing in front of our house every day. But you know, uh, I just want to tell you something. My husband and I have decided to just do something small. I know you don't know us, but listen, please, don't say no. We have put a room upstairs, and there is a bed, there is a chair, there's everything. If you want, you can just stay there. You know, we're not asking for anything. We just want you. You don't. Want, you have a place where you can stay when you are around. Hallelujah. Oh, Elisha didn't say no. Elisha went upstairs and Elisha is around. After a while, say with me, after a while. while. You know, the reason you need a staying prophet is because some miracles don't happen like this. You need to stick around with the person for a while before the right word can come. So after a while, Elisha feels, man, this woman, I want to do something for her, but I don't know what I should do for her. And his servant says to him, you know, we've been in this house for a while. We've never heard a child cry in this house. There are no cries of babies in the house. So it could be that she's barren. Do you think that the prophet could have even picked up a thing like this if he's passing by? Huh? <laughs> if he's just a visiting pastor? These visiting pastors that you guys honor so much. And your pastor that is with you and his ministry, you take for granted. Right. 
Now that the pastor is no more a visiting pastor, he's now a staying pastor, he's been around, he can pick up a problem. Then he says to her, you know what, come. And she comes. And he says to her, woman, you've been very good to me. What do, what do I do for you? Actually, that's how the whole thing began. No, she said, I don't need anything. I'm okay. I'm well of God has blessed me. Yeah. You know? And then he said, do you want me to speak to the king on your behalf? Or you want me to get something for you? He said, no, I don't need anything. I'm fine. Then later, the servant now tells her, you know that woman? That woman, she doesn't have a child. We haven't heard a child cry in this house. Then he calls the woman again and says, but this time, next year, you will carry a baby. By this time, her word came, hallelujah. And he said, Elisha said, at this time next year, you will have a son in your arms. Then she said, no, my Lord, man of God, do not deceive your servant. Because she couldn't believe that it can happen. She had already given back. She had given up. And if you read, it did happen. She had a son, just like the prophet said. And this was as a result of the ministry of a staying prophet. Are you listening to me? She made room. She made a small room. Are you understanding? She made a small room for the prophet. A small room. She didn't even make a big room. She just made a small room and she put a bed and she, she didn't know she was making a room for her own baby. She didn't know uh, this. I'm making a small room. And nobody told her anything. Today we have to speak and shout at people. The woman perceived. How many people today, the man of God is standing before you, eyeball to eyeball to eyeball, you still can't see nothing. You hear him every day, but you still can't make a room. Can't make a room. Hallelujah. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter 7 verse 2. We are closing. The Bible says, make room. Paul is speaking to the Corinthian church. He says to them, make room for us. Where? Where? In your heart. Make room for us. Our ministry cannot work until you make room for us in your heart. Today we don't make room for the prophet physically, but you make room for your prophet in your heart, sir. Jesus told the people, believe in God, but believe also in me. Make room for my ministry. Make room. If you don't make room, there's nothing I can do. Make room for us in your heart. Why? We have wronged no one. Number two, we have corrupted no one. Number three, we have exploited no one. Make room. When somebody has not wronged you, he has not corrupted you, and he has not exploited you, mean taking advantage of you, what is stopping you from making room for the person to help you? Now, don't get me. I know some prophets have Fallen away, yes. 
they have wronged. They have corrupted. And they have certainly exploited many people. And just because a few people have made a mistake doesn't mean that everybody now is bad. So now, when a, even when a genuine person is standing before you, you can't make a room. You are over careful. You close every door. And especially when you hear tights and. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. You see? You see now? You see, you see where these guys are going? You see again? You see? This is what is. The hearts of many South African brothers and sisters has been closed to the gospel of Jesus Christ. They are not making room for God anymore. It's that God can't work. God can't work. They don't make room at all. Don't make room. Paul is crying to the Corinthians, make room for us in your hearts. And I'm praying this morning, I'm saying to this church, make room for the ministry God has given you. Make room for that ministry. Allow this ministry to enter. Allow what God has given you to find full expression. Make room for this ministry. Make room. Make room. Make room. And you make room not in your house these days. You make room in your heart. In your heart. You know, if you have closed your heart to my ministry, I can shout here from morning till night. You will not do anything. Do you know why the Shunammite woman, nobody had to ask her to prepare a room. Nobody had to ask her to put a table. Nobody. Because her heart opened to the ministry of that man. Do you understand? She went herself. She started doing all those things. She didn't just say, oh, man of God, you know, I perceive that you are the holy man of God. And may God bless you. eh? May God keep you. Bye-bye. No. I said, this blessing, I want it in my house. I'm making room. I don't know what God can do. Why is your heart the key? Matthew chapter 6 verse 21 tells us why your heart is important. Where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Your treasure is controlled by your heart. When you make room in your heart, it means there is nothing that you know is necessary that has to be done, that will not be done if you have it. You have made room. You have made room. I can tell you the number one reason why people struggle to give to God is because they haven't made room. It's simple. The same person who cannot give you two rent is giving a thousand rent outside after the service. He's giving it easily. He's made room for that. Some of us have made room for the mall. Oh, we've made a big room for the mall. When we go to the mall, we have a big room for the mall. It flows. But when it comes to the church... No room. No room at all. But the question I ask myself, we want to go to heaven when we die, don't we? Now, you have spent your whole life building another man's kingdom. 
The kingdom of the man you want to go to when you die, you don't make any room for it. You don't invest in it. You don't do anything for that kingdom. When you have money, your money goes to the world. Now, then you, you, but for some reason, you believe that the day you die, heaven, a row of 1,000 angels must be this side. Another row of 1,000 angels must be this side, and you must be walking in glory. You have entered heaven. Everybody must rise and welcome the champion. A person, during his days on earth, heaven never even heard them once. They never made room for God, for God's work. They had projects, brother. They had plans. And the heaven agenda was not part of those plans. But for some reasons, when they die, heaven must wake up. And heavens must welcome them. Abba, you are misled. I told you before, some people will enter heaven, nobody will know they entered and they said, maybe after three or seven years, they said, ah, you are also here. When, when did you come? I, I came 17 years ago. Ah! But every day when a person enters, you just hear shouts. Everybody is screaming. They are welcoming them. Where now when you entered, nobody knew you came in. You've been there for a hundred years. Then some people recall, ah, you! Hey, did you come yesterday? They said, no, I've been here a hundred years. You didn't make, Jesus told the people, if you are ashamed of me on earth, I too will be ashamed of you in heaven before the holy angels. That's what it says. You see, if you are not making room for the things of God down here, heaven also will not make room for you. That's how it is. If your money cannot save God's work, your house is too important to host a man of God. Your money is too precious to be invested in the things of God. You don't make room for God at all. No. So how come we are surprised when the supernatural has left our lives? Am I communicating? You know, I was telling the Mokwase Church this morning, one of the things that surprises me the most is that I'm not a South African by birth. I wasn't born in South Africa. God moved me from the country that I came from and planted me in South Africa. If you check my plans, I wanted to go to Australia. Not even here. But God hijacked all my plans and planted me here. And then he showed me what he wants me to do here for him. From the day God showed me that plan, it has become my plan. I realize that I love South Africans more than South Africans love themselves. <laughs> it's true. I will scream here, let's tight. South Africans, I'm in their country, they will not tight. A foreigner will come and tight in their country. And that that will be used for South Africans Christians. So that's why I'm saying safely that I discovered that I love your people more than yourself. You love yourself. I've discovered that. I will care for you more than you care for your fellow brother. 
it's a shameful thing to, to say. But is that what, that's what is going on. That's what is going on. You cannot come to Cameroon today, where I'm coming from, and you'll find a stick in my name, a stick. A stick. Nothing. Ever since God planted me here, all my investment, all my time, all my energy is here in South Africa. Everything, I'm doing it here. Because this is where God wants me to do it. And some, you know, many foreigners come to South Africa. They come here, they take and they take in their country. That's what they do. You are going to be sitting in plastic chairs, all of you. <laughs> and I was going to put this thing in the tent somewhere there, in the, in the dust. No carpets, no aircon, nothing. You are not going to see, most of those, you don't see this. There's nothing like this. You sit there in the sun. When the rain comes, it takes the church away. We go we look for it in the bush. We bring it back. We plant it back there. God gives a man a heart to bless the people. The chairs you are sitting on, some of them are not plastic chairs. And we started the church with those chairs to set a standard. This, the people of God deserve the best. We're not going to do second hand for them. And these chairs were not a donation. They were bought. They don't make a room. Meanwhile, they are making a room for themselves. But they don't realize it. They don't realize it. When we say, now let's bring our tithes and our offering, people feel so offended. It's as if they are doing a favor to somebody. They don't make room. They want the blessing. They enjoy it but they don't make room for anything that is connected to that church. I saw a post on Facebook two days ago. This lady was in Sun City. She moved to Rustenburg, I mean Johannesburg. Do you believe that this lady went to a restaurant? She entered, ordered food, took a picture of the food she ordered, took a picture of the restaurant, took a picture of the people that are serving her in the restaurant, went outside the restaurant, took a picture of the whole restaurant, went on Facebook and said to people, if you come to Johannesburg, please make a turn in this restaurant. It's fantastic. And I look at the post, I say, wow. A person can go through this all effort to advertise something that you eat now, few seconds later you go to, you flash it. But the same person will enter a church, sit down and be quiet. After the church, behave as if she was not in that church. You will never hear anything about that church from her mouth. Never. We are doing free advertisement for the world. But when it comes to the things of God, we become very stingy. We don't make room for God. God has no access in our phones. God has no access in our pockets. God has no access nowhere. We don't make room for him at all. Don't make room for him. But he must make room for us. Hmm? He must send us angels, powerful angels every day to help us. Hallelujah. 
I see you making room for God. I see you making room for the things of God. Hallelujah. The message I'm teaching you this morning is that realize that it is up to you. It is up. We can only inform you that you have to make this. I'm going to make room for the work I see Pastor Pascal doing in San City. You have to make that decision yourself. I'm going to make room in my, in my whatever. I'm going to make room to support that ministry. Maybe you don't have money, but maybe you know people who know people. You can support that way. Maybe you know so. Maybe you know you have a skill. You can. Some of our children dance here. Some of them sing. Maybe you can sing. You can do something. You can make room for this ministry in your life. Maybe God has blessed you with a good job. Why don't you make a commitment? I'm going to support that work. Our last scripture. Look. Chapter 8, verse 1 to 3. Soon afterwards, he was traveling from one town and village to another, preaching and telling the good news of the kingdom of God. The twelve were with him, and also some women who had been healed of evil spirits and sicknesses. Mary called Magdalene. Seven demons had come out of her. Johanna, the wife of Shusa, Herod Stuart, Susanna, and many others who were supporting them from their possessions. The ministry of Jesus was running on the support Jesus was getting from women and men who had the means and they could support the work of Jesus with their possessions. It's up to us. There is nothing I'm inventing. It's all in the Bible. I can go on and on the whole day. We'll never finish but I'm telling you something. If God has blessed you and God has sent you to this ministry, number one, recognize who your prophet is. Amen. Number two, make room for the ministry of the prophet. And you will be amazed when you recognize what God has sent to you and you make room for it and you are ready to give what needs to be given. I'm telling you, miracles start taking place effortlessly. Have you seen a dimension you enter where you are not making a prayer request, but God is answering a prayer? The Shunammite woman never prayed for children. God decided to give her a child because she made room for him. Here we are praying every day. Lord, give me this. Lord, give me this. God said, you look, you haven't made room for me. You haven't made room for me. You haven't made room. Make room for God and you will see God do things for you that you didn't even pray for. You didn't pray for it. God will just say, you know what? One, two, three, give her. Three, four, five, give him. You've made room. I see you making a room. Amen. With your tithes and your offerings and your service. My last testimony to you. I think I was 15 years when we were in the church one day. And our pastor said, guys, you know this place is already small. I want us to extend a little bit that side. So anybody that has something to contribute, please bring it and let's put it together. Praise the name of Jesus. Amen. I felt such a conviction. I don't know where it came from. I raised my hand. He said, yes, young man. I said, I'm pledging my money of the whole, my school money for the whole week. I'm pledging it to help with that project. People were like, what? My aunt got so angry. She waited for me at home. 
when I entered. She said, sit down. Mr. Richman. <laughs> Mr. Richman. I'm pledging my money for the whole week. Mr. Richman. You didn't even let anybody speak. You had to speak first. She said, I know you are wicked. You are doing this because you know my husband is still going to give you the money anyway to go to school. I asked myself, where is this coming from? I was ready to fast the whole week if it can move that wall, that side. I didn't mind. I didn't even think. Listen to me. I didn't start loving God today. It's like a long time ago when I didn't have anything. Long time ago. Many of you are in school. You've never done anything sacrificial for God. Never. Ne- you've never paid any price and done something that even heaven will say, what? At what age? With what means? Come here every time, two rent, three rent. You are saying you don't have money. But if you go now, we check your pocket, we find something. You haven't made room. It's as simple as that. You haven't made room. But this morning, I'm challenging you. Come out of that group. That WhatsApp group is a wrong WhatsApp group. Exit from that WhatsApp group fast. Enter the group of those who make room for God's work. Those that are the Johannas, the Susannas, and the Magdalene, Mary Magdalene, belong to that group of women that will say tomorrow, you know what? The work of God was able to progress in Sun City because we made room for God's work. We, are, we brought what we had and we pushed it and we pushed it. You know Yongi Sho, who is the pastor of the biggest church in the world? He started building and the building stopped because there was no money. No money. The building stopped. Then they started praying, praying every day, Father, give us money, Father, give us money. One day, an old woman came on stage, trembling, holding a small pot in her hands. She brought it. She says to Pastor, Pastor, take this. Pastor Young, he said, what is this? He said, it is rice. He said, what is this? He said, this is the only rice that I have at home left. I, I want to give it to you. He said, no, mama, I don't want this. What are we going to do with it? I don't want, no, go back, go back, go back, go back, go back. The woman started crying on stage. She says, I'm giving you this rice. You don't want to take my rice. Take this rice. Take it. I don't want it. You take it. But I said, I don't want it. You take it. He said, no, I don't want it. Take it. Take it. He said, what am I going to do with this small rice? And while is that, the woman is crying that he's refusing her gift. He also starts crying because he realized this is all this woman has. This is all she can do. She knows that we need money, but she doesn't have money. She has a bit of rice. And she brought her bit of rice. When the church saw that, the whole church started crying. And God changed the hearts of all the rich men in the church. People were sitting with money. All of a sudden, a rich man rose there and said, Pastor, that wall over there, forget about it. I'm taking care of it. Another one rose. From the pot, small rice of that woman, God unlocked the whole church. There was always money in the church. And people would come and say, Lord, bless us. But they had the money. 
It took an old woman with a small pot of rice to unlock them. And they made room. I don't know what it's going to take for you to make room for God. To realize that God wants to do something great through this ministry. Let's all wake up. Let's all become participant of it. And what I mean here is that let's become faithful with our tithes. Tithe is 10% of everything God gives you. When you receive your salary, 10% of that money is God's money. Package it, bring it to the church. Give it to God. It belongs to God, not yours. When you do that little thing, you have no idea how many problems you are helping the church solve. May God bless you as you commit yourself to making room with whatever God has given you. Hallelujah. If you have any questions about this teaching, I'm always available. You can come and see me anytime. I will help you. Let's rise on our feet, please. We hope you've enjoyed today's message. To experience our services live, join us every Sunday morning from 9 a.m. at a Life Street Church Sun City, located near Cornerstone Academy. Hope to see you soon. Remember, you're alive to give life.